0: As far as we can tell, the five conservative Supreme Court justices are standing firm for life in the face of leftist violence and intimidation. Senate Republicans are standing firm to oppose court packing, to oppose a law to permit abortion nationwide. This is the hottest and most consequential political issue of my lifetime. And Republican politicians in charge of law enforcement are completely dropping the ball. Last night, the leftist mob showed up to Justice Sam Alito's house to intimidate his family and pressure him to change his vote on overruling Roe v. Wade. The court. Abort Abort the, the court. 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 This Abort is the illegal. They, they are in a residential neighborhood, and what they are doing—protesting outside of Alito's home to intimidate him and his family into changing his his opinion—is illegal, according to 18 U.S. Code Section 1507. It is illegal to protest in or near a building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer. This is not some authoritarian fantasy I'm having or some obscure provision of the law. This is a basic rule to protect the integrity of our courts. Even the libertarians are calling for its enforcement, okay? There's an article in Reason.com pointing out that it is illegal for this mob to be doing this, and law enforcement should go in and enforce the law. Where's Glenn Youngkin? Where is the governor of Virginia? Where's More importantly, where's federal law enforcement? Why aren't the psycho leftists who are threatening judges' kids in handcuffs right now? Whatever happened to Peace Through Strength? Whatever happened to the rule of law? We're not talking about ordinary protests here either. We're talking about what Chief Justice John Roberts called a singular and egregious leak and violation of trust on the Supreme Court, followed by the doxing of judges who are now visited by angry mobs as leftists bomb and vandalize pro-life centers around the country. This is not the time to go limp. Passions are high because we are talking about a matter of life and death. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from the Drummer's Workshop at Norm's Music, who says, in Jamaica, abortions are illegal, considered a felony, and anti-abortion songs are common. One of the most popular dance hall songs, Murder, She Wrote, is about a woman with a bad character, and the murder is referring to abortion. This is a great point, and so many Americans don't know this, liberals and a lot of conservatives. America is the outlier when it comes to Abortion. You're hearing a lot of people now say, America's regressing. We're one of the only countries to go backwards on abortion rights and make it more restrictive. America has some of the most insanely open abortion laws in the world. Our abortion laws are way more radical than the, the abortion laws in France, the abortion laws in Italy, the abortion laws in Germany, the abortion laws pretty much anywhere else around the world other than North Korea, China, and Canada. Okay, But other than those countries all fairly evil countries these days, but I'm not sure which one takes the cake. Other than those countries, America has some of the most open laws. Maybe we should take a, a note from all the rest of the countries around the world, which protect life, at least today, much more than the United States does. All right, we got to protect our families, okay? You've got to protect your household, which is why you got to check out American Home Shield. Right now, go to ahs.com slash Do you want peace of mind? You want to stay on a budget? Sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it? Well, if there's one thing you can expect this year, it is the unexpected. That is why American Home Shield exists. As a member, you know that your budget, time, and your sanity are covered. Choose a plan from American Home Shield and keep your budget goals in check for 2022. They offer a choice of three great plans to help cover the cost to repair or replace parts of major home appliances and systems, no matter their age. If American Home Shield cannot repair the covered item, they will replace it. American Home Shield members get more, more coverage options, fewer exclusions. We're talking about HVAC systems and plumbing to kitchen appliances. Their plans help protect parts of up to 23 essential home systems and appliances. Coverage available no matter the circumstances. So, right now, they're offering an exclusive $50 off for our listeners. Keep your home up and running, keep your budget on track with American Home Shield. Right now, Get that $50 off their most comprehensive plans ever. AHS.com slash Knowles. Save 50 bucks. AHS.com slash Knowles for 50 bucks off any plan. Service fees, limitations, and exclusions apply. See plan for details. American Home Shield. Be sure with the shield. The good news. This is a, 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 according to another leak. So who know, I guess the Supreme Court is now the leakiest institution in the country. But the good news, according to this leak, is that at least as recently as two weeks ago, the Supreme Court majority was still holding strong to overrule Roe v. Wade. Now, we don't know if this has changed since the leak of the opinion and the protests and the threats against the judges and against their families. But that, that leaked draft of the court opinion, that was from February. So a lot could have changed since then. And yet, according to some Supreme Court clerks, uh, three conservatives close to the court, uh, the majority of five justices to strike down Roe remains intact. That's according to the Washington Post. So again, take it with a grain of salt. The way that this breakdown is going to work according to, well, one, the leak of the opinion, but then according to the Washington Post here, is that it's going to be 5-4 to overrule Roe versus Wade. That the court is actually going to vote 6-3 to uphold the pro-life law in Mississippi that is at the heart of the Dobbs decision, but that Chief Justice John Roberts is going to squish. He's going to try to to split the baby, as it were. He's going to try to uphold the abortion law in Mississippi, the, the pro-life law, but he's going to try to also uphold Roe versus Wade in Planned Parenthood v. Casey, at least to a large degree. The 5 more conservative justices on the court said, sorry, chief justice, that's not going to work for us. And so they're going to break away. According to this reporting, they're going to break away from the chief justice and they are going to form a court majority to overrule Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood B. Casey. They're going to form a court majority to get rid of the completely fictional right to abortion in the constitution that, that a bunch of political activists discovered in 1973. They are going to restore some integrity to our judicial system at least according to to the reporting right now. But if you are married, if you've got young kids, and you've got an angry, violent mob, you've got an angry mob outside of your home, and you've got violent pro-abortion activists firebombing pro-life centers around the country, that could influence your voting. I hope it does not. I think that if the, the conservatives on the court change their votes now, it will so destroy the integrity of that institution. It will just be an open license to the, the violent mob to whenever the, whenever they get the inkling that the court's not going to rule their way to just go and throw a Molotov cocktail and then everything will be hunky-dory as far as they're concerned. So it, it would be disastrous. I think if anything, what I'm hoping is that the, the mobs have hardened the conservatives' opinions on this, but they're, they're not giving up. The, the left truly believes that threats and intimidation and violence are going to win the day for them. Uh, over the weekend on Sunday, a number of pro-abortion lunatics were disrupting masses. Were are going to Catholic churches around the country. One group of these lunatics uh, put on some handmaid's tail outfits and showed up in a, a Catholic mass at the cathedral in Los Angeles. Oh without apology without this basic right women can't be free abortion on the man and without apology without basic right, women can be free the without apology without this, right, without apology. Without this basic- the, the symbolism here is actually perfect because these wackos have showed up during communion so this is the holiest moment of the mass when the the, uh, priest is consecrating the host and he's saying, repeating the words of Christ, this is my body, which will be given up for you. And Catholics believe that at at that moment, the bread, the bread and the wine is transformed uh, through transubstantiation into the literal body and blood of Christ so so that God is in a very tangible way with you in the room. This is my body which will be given up for you. And, and the pro-abortion activists bust in there at this extraordinarily sacred moment of the mass. And they, ironically, invert the, the message. They say, no, this is my body. And you're going to, your body, little baby, it's actually my body. And your body is going to be given up for me. This is my body. Peter Kreeft, the philosopher, made this point. He said, the, the way that you know that abortion is the sacrament of the Antichrist is that even the, the sloganeering for it is, is the same. it's the same wording of the Eucharist itself, but with a blasphemously inverted meaning. This is my body. That's the chant that you're hearing all over the place. But instead of a man giving up his life for his friends, one man dying so that all may live, you have, you have the opposite. You have people sacrificing their own children just for their own desires, just for their own, what, they, what they think will be for their own benefit, actually, actually will, will not be for their own benefit, but they, they, don't, they don't understand that. So they're willing to do, the, the pro-abortion activists are willing to do just about anything. Nothing is too sacred for them to disrupt. No norm, no standard is, is to be held so highly in esteem that they're not going to violate it. Of course, that's what I said when, when the Supreme Court opinion leaked. I said, of course they leaked the opinion. These are people who kill babies. Of course they're going to leak. They don't care about a Supreme Court norm or standard. If you're willing to kill your child, you're willing to do just about anything. So what do we do about this? The reaction so far, generally speaking, from law enforcement has been hands off, just like outside of Sam Alito's house. Oh, well, yeah, it's against the law to show up and intimidate judges and try to change their opinion. But hey, let's all just, let's just be cool, right? We're not going to arrest anybody. Well, that's what they're doing here at this mass. But what what those protesters did is illegal. It is illegal to do that. It, it's ironic because there's actually, it's a provision of a pro-abortion law that actually protects churches from these lunatics. It's the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act of 1994 prohibits the use or threat of force or physical obstruction that injures, intimidates, or interferes with a person seeking to obtain or provide an abortion. That same law also, to appease the pro-lifers when this was being passed, uh, also prohibits people from doing all those things to exercise the First Amendment right of religious freedom at a place of religious worship. So what those wackos are doing is illegal. And do you know what we should do? There's two, two opinions on this. The squishes and the nice guys, they say, hey, let's just let it go. Let's just let them well, do their thing. it's silly. And then we'll just kind of ask them politely to leave. No, arrest them. Arrest them. This has gone on way too long. We have let this go way too far. If you want, if you want to stop a a perverse and disordered behavior. You need to punish that behavior, okay? And, and this is really bad for our civil society. It's really bad for our system of law. You need to arrest these people and throw them in jail and teach them a lesson. Naughty, naughty, no showing up and screaming and disrupting mass. Naughty, naughty, no terrorizing Brett Kavanaugh's children or Sam Alito's family, or any, naughty, naughty, you're not going to do that anymore. And if you do, we're going to arrest you. And if you do it again, we're going to throw you in jail for longer. You've got to get tough, folks. It's tough love, okay? But there's no no compassion or loving, nothing loving about letting these people terrorize ordinary law-abiding American citizens. We've got to stand firm. This is the issue. It's why you got to check out 40 Days for Life. Right now, go to 40daysforlife.com. Okay, we are on the cusp of overruling Roe versus Wade. You may think that means the fight is coming to an end. No. That that means abortion legislation very likely will return to the the states or even the federal government. There's no group in America better positioned than 40 Days for Life to help fight this battle. 40 Days for Life has 1 million volunteers throughout the country holding peaceful vigils outside of abortion facilities. You may be surprised to hear that their largest presence is actually in the country's blue states. California is their biggest state. The vigils have closed many abortion facilities in America. Nearly half of those facilities were in liberal states where abortion will remain legal after Roe. From San Francisco to Chicago to Seattle, not not extremely pro-life areas, volunteers have guided abortion workers to have a change of heart and quit their jobs. So as this issue gets out of D.C., finally, 40 Days for Life is effectively changing hearts and minds in the grassroots of the pro-abortion movement. Check out their locations, podcast, and their new book, What to Say When, the complete guide to discussing abortion at 40daysforlife.com. This issue of the the protests around the Dobbs decision, the overruling of Roe versus Wade, it's not just about speech that I don't like. It's not just about the free marketplace of ideas. Well, you can protest for life and you can protest for abortion. We are seeing actual violence taking place right now. And it's not being reported very often in the establishment media because they want to completely cover this up because it's inconvenient for their narrative. But there are acts of violence taking place right now. Pro-life pregnancy centers are under attack. Daily wires got some great reporting on this. Okay, we've got uh, Kaiser, Oregon. The Oregon Right to Life announced on Monday evening that its offices in Kaiser had been attacked. Late Sunday, they said in a statement, an individual used incendiary devices, one of which exploded and caught the building on fire. That's, that's, that's the latest in the mostly peaceful protests that we've been seeing from the left in recent years. So uh, that, that was over in Oregon, Madison, Wisconsin, a pro-life nonprofit was set on fire in a quote, suspicious fire, Molotov cocktail thrown into the pro-life organization's building. One wall was burnt. We reported on this message yesterday. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. You can see the, 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 Pictures here are really disturbing. Anarchist symbols all over the place. That's in Madison, Wisconsin. Frederick, Maryland. On Wednesday, May 4th, the staff arrived at a pro life center in Frederick, Maryland to this disturbing scene of lies and propaganda spray painted on the building. This is CareNet, and that's according to the CareNet executive director, Linda King. Uh, she says, unfortunately, this is not the first time our center has been vandalized. We were previously vandalized twice in 2014 in the same manner. You've got all sorts of hideous graffiti all over the walls. This is not legal stuff. This is not any kind of protected protest, all right? And they've, been, they've been going on all over the country. If we do not enforce the law, if we do not arrest these criminals and help to solve our massive under-incarceration problem in this country <laughs> and, and give people a, a little bit of, of justice, then you're going to see more of it. And that's what they want. This is, by the way, this is why the law is not being enforced, is because the Republicans are too cowardly and because the Democrats want to see more of this. They want more uh, pro-life centers to be attacked. They want the justices' families to be threatened and intimidated. The White House, for goodness sakes, the White House was asked, hey, you really, you think that angry mobs should show up to judges' private homes? And what did Jen Psaki say? She said, we don't have an official government position on where people protest. F around and find out. That's, that's, That was the translation of what she was saying. Yeah, sorry. Yes, that's, it's a nice house you got there. It's a nice family you got there, Brett Kavanaugh. Sure would be a shame if something happened to it. Maybe, yeah, maybe you should reconsider your vote. Really, really disgusting stuff. We are winning on this issue and we're on the cusp of a major pro-life victory We've got to keep up the strength. You can't just let these people do this and run roughshod over our country. You can't just let these criminals and terrorists try to, try to pull this victory away from Americans who support it. Now, believe it or not, I know Mitch McConnell gets a lot of, uh, lot of criticism, but Mr. Cocaine himself has, has come out here. He has been one of, if not the most important leader on this issue. Cocaine Mitch was just asked if, assuming Roe v. Wade is overruled, and assuming that this issue goes back to the legislatures, back to the states maybe, but even possibly the federal legislature, could there be a law outlawing abortion nationwide? And Cocaine Mitch was asked this by USA Today, and he said, if the leaked opinion became the, I'm kind of doing a Rand Paul. That's not. It's not quite. That's. Not, I got to work on my cocaine, Mitch. If the late opinion became the final opinion, legislative bodies, not only at the state level but at the federal level, could, certainly could legislate in that area. And if this were the final decision, that was the point, and that that it should be resolved one way or another in the legislative process. So yeah, it's possible. Mitch McConnell uh, does not get a ton of credit for his. Rock solid conservative principles. I don't know if Mitch McConnell has rock solid conservative principles. I suspect he does not. However, if Roe v. Wade is overruled, and especially if there's a national abortion ban, could you imagine? Cocaine Mitch deserves the lion's share of the credit. This is the guy who, who held up the replacement of Antonin Scalia. This is the guy who rammed through those conservative judges this is the guy, he said his lasting legacy is the judges. And the judges may very soon overrule Roe versus Wade. This is the guy who did it. Just like people say, well, Donald Trump's an imperfect vessel for some very good ideas and very good things in the country. You'd have to say the same thing about Mitch McConnell. I don't know what Mitch McConnell personally thinks about abortion, but if this goes through, if the the Roe v. Wade is overruled, he deserves a whole lot of credit. And then, as he's saying now, if there if there were a national abortion law, the guy would be one of the great heroes of pre-born babies in the history of the world. This guy would be one of the, <laughs> truly, one of the greatest statesmen in history. And it, it could happen. Another reason why this is important, too, for Republicans to get behind this kind of talk is it, it will allow, it, in a very cynical way, it will allow Republicans to continue to raise money off of all of us pro lifers. One of the issues with the pro life movement for the past 50 years with regard to the Republican Party is that the Republicans relied on pro lifers to give them a lot of money to get rid of abortion. But the problem there, of course, is if Roe v. Wade is overruled, the Republicans feared that they would lose the money from the pro-lifers because the problem would have gone away. And so there was a kind of a perverse incentive there for the Republicans not to really fight that hard against abortion because they were making so much money from the pro-lifers. But as we have said on this show many times, Roe v. Wade is not the end of the story. You overrule Roe v. Wade, that's not the end of the fight. That's really just the beginning of the fight. Because the fight here is not just for some procedural aspect of our judiciary or some interesting reading of the text of the Constitution and some long lecture about federalism. The point is to protect babies. And so I don't want there to be abortion in California. I don't want there to be abortion in New York. I do not respect the right, so-called, of New Yorkers or Californians to have abortion. I think it's wrong all the time everywhere. It's just wrong to kill babies. And so the pro-life fight is going to have to continue there, whether that's by fighting for laws in the states, or whether that's fighting for a federal law. So, we'll, this will allow Republicans to continue to raise money off of all of us pro lifers, and it's going to give us another place to look after Roe v. Wade becomes history. Why is Cocaine Mitch going after this as well? One, I think it's the right thing to do. I'll give him credit for it. Two, I think it's obviously the next step in this movement. But three, it's a political winner. It's a big political winner. It's not just some niche issue for extremely far right conservatives. Pro life is a winning message for Americans. Period. Full stop. Bill Maher just proved my point. I've been on this hobby horse for a very long time, and I've been I've been shouting it from the rooftops. Bill Maher just proved my point when when on his show he said he didn't want to talk about abortion, but you know this is the big topic this week, and so he was going to talk about it. And he said, you know, by golly, I had. I had no idea. A lot of the things I thought I knew about abortion, turns out they were just totally false. You know, it's interesting because until this memo was leaked and we found out that now, unless something we very unforeseen happens, the Supreme Court is going to undo Roe v. Wade after 49 years, we haven't really been focusing on it. Or maybe I'm projecting. I guess I haven't been enough. Because I learned things this week, because this put it on the front page, that are pretty basic things that I did not know about abortion. Like in Europe, the modern countries of Europe, way more restrictive than we are, or what they're even proposing. If you are pro-choice, you would like it a lot less in Germany and Italy and France and Spain and Switzerland. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's right. Okay. Um, I I learned most people who are pro-life are women. Did not know that? Did you know that? Yes, you probably did. If you're listening to this show, you probably pay a little more attention to politics than most people do. And you probably know a little bit more of the arguments and you probably know a little bit more of the facts. I suspect most Americans are like Bill Maher, though. I suspect most Americans don't pay extraordinarily close attention. And so they don't realize, Yeah, most pro-lifers are women. They don't realize what the abortion laws are in France and Germany and Italy and pretty much everywhere else around the world, more restrictive than they are in the United States. They just don't know. And it's not their fault even that they don't know. They have been inundated with propaganda lies from Hollywood, from the press, from the educational institutions. And so it's, it's not even that they're ignorant, as Ronald Reagan said, it's just that they know so many things that are not so. Now that we're beginning to crack that monopoly on information, Now that we're beginning to just get the reality of abortion out there, it's a huge political winner. People see the reality of what abortion is and they just don't like it. Speaking of opening up lines of communication, I am super duper excited to announce that starting this Friday, our listeners can send in voice mailbags. That's right, thanks to our friends at Pure Talk, you can send a voice memo to my mailbag and we will play it on the show, and then I will get to hear your dulcet and mellifluous tones, and I will get to answer your question. And it will be more human, and it will it will be a much more intimate connection. So uh, make sure to send those in. Also, all the episodes right now are streaming of Fauci unmasked. They are exclusively at the Daily Wire. It is uh, really important to watch this. The libs are not done. With COVID, they keep trying to bring it back. They keep trying, they're fighting, the White House is fighting tooth and nail to put their mask mandate back into place. Dr. Fauci, he's hiding out in witness protection for now, but then it'll pop up every so often. He just received an honorary degree at a university. You would have thought this man were were an angel walking on earth, the, the way that this man was being idolized and adored. They're going to try to bring him back. Take a listen. He's the highest paid employee in our federal government. And beginning in the spring of 2020, Dr. Fauci began to set national policy that affected the way that 330 million Americans lived their lives. For goodness sakes, I'm telling you, wear a mask, keep social distancing. There's nothing political about that. But who is Anthony Fauci? People who have conspiracy theories, those are people that don't particularly care for me. In this short series, we will do what the establishment media have refused to do, we will give you an unvarnished look at the career of the most powerful politician in America, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Don't you think it's time that you step down and let someone else who has a more effective message? (laughs) Actually, no. (laughs) (laughs) The full series is available now at The Daily Wire. If you're not a member yet, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join today. And for a limited time, new members can use code Knowles, K-N-A-W-L-E-S, for 20% off your membership. The show is excellent, and since we're only adding more content every day, you do not want to miss it. We'll be right back with a lot more. I've been a little disappointed looking at the Republican Senate race in Pennsylvania. This is going to be a big year, according to all the indicators for Republicans. This should be a massive Republican wave. The conservatives are winning on every single issue. Joe Biden is underwater on every single issue. The guy can barely say his own name. This is it. This is our moment, conservatives. And at the moment, it looks as though conservatives are going to nominate a liberal television talk show host to be their candidate. This would be Dr. Oz. Uh, Dr. Oz, there there are lots of tapes of him whining about pro-life laws around the country very, very recently. There's not much evidence that Dr. Oz has any conservative inclinations in his entire body. This is nothing against him. I don't know Dr. Oz, nothing against him personally, but the guy just doesn't seem like a conservative. He can prove me wrong, but I just don't see it. And unfortunately, Dr. Oz has received Donald Trump's endorsement. So he he was the candidate. A lot of Trump supporters, myself included, kind of were puzzled. We were scratching our heads over this endorsement of Dr. Oz. Why Dr. Oz? Are you, but then the other candidate in the race is David McCormick. Again, don't know much about David McCormick. He does. He also doesn't seem like he's got the strongest, toughest conservative bona fides either. David McCormick is a self-funder. Dr. Oz has a lot of money too. So these are the two top candidates there were other people running but they just didn't have any money and so it it looked like it was going to be one of these two guys and it was a little dispiriting for the conservative base and then out of nowhere well not out of nowhere actually but suddenly up comes Kathy Barnett Kathy Barnett is a conservative uh, political commentator she's a veteran she's a former adjunct professor of corporate finance she's a wife she's a mother she homeschooled her kids She's, she, she's a real conservative. She checks out. <laughs> she, when you look down the list, she checks all the boxes of, of a, a real conservative. But she didn't have any money. There was just no way she was going to win this race. And then out of nowhere, there's a, a poll of 1, 000, more than 1,000 likely Republican primary voters by the Trafalgar group. And according to this poll, out of nowhere, Kathy Barnett is now in a statistical tie with Dr. Oz and David McCormick. Dr. Oz currently leads the race, but he's only got 24.5%. Kathy Barnett is 23.2%, so about a a point away. And then uh, this hedge fund manager and uh, treasury official, David McCormick, comes in at 21.6%. So McCormick, despite all of his money, is actually behind Kathy Barnett at the moment. By the way, the margin of error is 3%, so the candidates are in a statistical tie. And the craziest part of all is, do you know why Kathy Barnett is surging, I think? Because Kathy Barnett is the pro-life candidate. Not only is Kathy Barnett pro-life in her policies, Kathy Barnett is the product of rape. Kathy Barnett According to the liberals, should have been killed in the womb through abortion because of the tragic way that she was conceived. And Kathy Barnett is out there and she says, hey, hey guys, look, I know, I know this is the extreme end of arguing on the abortion debate, but if you, if you want to go there, if you, if you actually, if you want to justify abortion, then you're saying that I should have been killed as a baby. I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. My father was 21. I was not just a lump of sales. As you can see, I'm still not just a lump of sales. My life has value. My life has value. That's a very powerful message. And I don't think this woman is surging in the polls despite that message. What the establishment conservative consensus says is look, just run on tax cuts, just run on deregulation, run on, let people do whatever they want, just keep cutting my taxes. And look, if you need to talk about pro-life or whatever, it's fine. Like Maybe you can still win in spite of that, but don't emphasize it. Keep And certainly, oh my gosh, don't talk about the extreme ed- edges of abortion. Just talk about late-term abortion or whatever. Well, what about, how do you explain Kathy Barnett? How do you explain this woman? surging past surging up to candidates who have way more money, way more backing. The endorsement of Donald Trump, the leader of the Republican Party, and this woman is jumping, not in spite of her pro-life views, but because of them. Because she is the embodiment. Because you look at her and you say, oh yeah, you shouldn't have been killed. Look that woman in the eye and say, you should have been killed as a baby. Do it. Does does anyone, only the most hardened psychopath would be able to look that woman in the face and say, now, it, the world would be better had you been killed as a baby. People should have the right to kill you. You know, I, I generally don't uh, do primary endorsements. Um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm not going to do a primary, primary endorsement here. But I am greatly encouraged by the fact that this woman is surging, that the conservatives are, are looking and saying, no, we want something a little deeper here. Okay, this is a moment where, where we, it's not just about getting another R in the Senate. We'd like to get more Rs in the Senate, but we want to do something. We want, we want people with moral clarity and vision once they get to the Senate. Speaking of polls, the polls are really good for the Rs right now. According to a civics poll of, of 200,000 respondents almost across 50 states, only 36% of registered voters approve of the job Joe Biden is doing, 54% disapprove. That net approve, disapprove is an absolute disaster for Biden. Even crazier, Biden only has net approval in four states. 56, I sound like Barack Obama, all 57 states. 46 states in this country uh, disapprove of Joe Biden. Those are shocking numbers. You haven't seen that kind of political agreement, that kind of political unity in America since the 80s. You haven't seen that since Reagan 84 when Ronald Reagan took 49 states. Took a, took vast majority of states in in 82 too. Nixon did too actually. There were, the Republicans have historically actually done a pretty good job at unifying the country. Not in recent years, but now I guess we're back at it. Joe Biden he Joe Biden promised that he was going to unify America and he did accidentally. He did unify America. Other than Vermont, Massachusetts, Maryland and Hawaii, every other state disapproves of of Joe Biden right now. Do not let the libs intimidate us. When they show up to Sam Alito's house and Brett Kavanaugh's house, when they firebomb pro-life centers, when they show up to your church and disrupt everything, they are doing it because they are desperate. We've got to deal with it. We've got to punish them. We've got to enforce the law. But do not, do not be discouraged. Really, you should be encouraged. Those are the tactics of very weak, very desperate people. Right now, The law is on our side, the moral order is on our side, and the people are on our side. You know, our democracy that the Libs always love talking about, except when they lose, our democracy right now is firmly on the side of conservatives. And not just on the weak, squishy issues, on the really important, essential issues to all the way down to the issue of life why are people so fed up with Democrats? It's the economy, of course. The economy is in the doldrums. It's the the inflation, the record high inflation, the record high gas prices. The fact that there's a baby food shortage, for goodness sakes, the f- baby formula shortage. The fact that there are there are issues in the food supply just, just generally throughout the economy. The fact that now we've got the first major war in Europe since World War II. That's not good. Uh, we've, th- yes, there are all of these problems. The fact that immigration has never been worse. The fact that we've got 2 million illegal aliens came into the country last year, and it's going to be more than that this year on top of 1 million legal immigrants. But do you know what else it is? It's all the weird, creepy sex stuff. It bothers people. Target right now is selling weird transgender stuff for Pride Month, including to kids. Target is teaming up with Tomboy X. The Tomboy X collection includes, this is at Target, a major retailer, Chest binders. Chest binders is when women put on very restrictive bras, I guess, to make it look like they don't have breasts. Packing underwear. I don't know exactly what that is, but I think I have a feeling, and yuck. Bras, boy shorts in sizes small through 4X, every size that there is. Uh, They've got swimsuit styles, bustle reported. Binders and gender-affirming gender affirming swimsuits, which means gender-denying swimsuits, are notoriously difficult to find, particularly in extended sizes. This accessible drop will make shopping for everyday garments easier. Yes, this is the top issue in our country right now, right? So we, we need to make sure that morbidly obese sexual deviants can, can put on clothing that makes them play dress up and pretend to be the opposite sex. That's, that's what Americans care about. That's a real dinner table issue, wouldn't you say? No, it's not. It's not. And it's weird. And not only is it weird and kind of unusual, and so therefore people are resistant to it, but it's actually wrong. They're, they're pumping this kind of propaganda into our kids as well. Kids items in the Target Pride collection include toddler tees that proclaim trans rights are human rights and shirts emblazoned with pronouns, Uh, with uh, rainbow merchandise, toddler books that include Bye Bye Binary and the pronoun book. This is just disgusting. This is just awful. And we should pass laws against it to stop Target from doing it. Okay. The the slogans of, of the last 10 years of a kind of feckless, squishy conservatism would have said, well, you know, Target's a private company. And uh, if you don't want uh, mega international corporations Transgendering your children Well then build your own Target You have absolutely no right to tell Target That they can't transgender your kids Yes we do We do have that right Target doesn't have some kind of constitutional right To trans the kids We the people do have the rights As a political community To stop pervert corporations From transgendering our kids We do have that right We can say no No weird transgender stuff for kids is, is illegal Boom done Pass me that law. Where can, I, where can I find that law? You know, we did, we did the Dr. Fauci public health protection pledge. I just floated this idea on my show that I said, I won't vote for a federal candidate in 2022 who doesn't promise to get rid of Dr. Fauci to zero out his, his salary. And then it spread like wildfire and a ton of candidates and a ton of sitting members of the Congress signed on to it. And then all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci went away. <laughs> kind of interesting timing. Not saying uh, it was directly responsible, but I'm not saying it wasn't either. Well, okay, let's bring up the next bill, the uh, Stop Pervert Corporations from Transgendering Our Kids Bill. It's not a violation of the First Amendment. It's not a violation of the emanations or the penumbras or anything else. We have the right to standards in this country, and we have a right to stop these sick predators from perving on our kids and selling all sorts of deviant stuff in our major retailer stores. It's just This is not an extreme view. Of mine. Okay, this is a view that would have been shared by 100% of the population five years ago, three years ago, and it's a view that the majority of Americans continue to support today. Okay, this is how you explain the parents' movement in Virginia. That's how Glenn Youngkin got elected. Is because parents didn't want weirdos transing their kids and and filling their heads with racial ideologies. This is how you explain the parents' movement in Florida. Okay, this is how you explain the, the the vast. The, the extreme popularity of this kind of an issue. Wh- what is it? Explain to me why, why it's so wrong to trans the kids. Explain to me why it's so wrong to have this kind of public religious worship of weird sexual ideologies. I could explain to you why that is. I think a, a lot of you out there could articulate in words why this stuff is so wrong, but you actually don't need to. And I think for the majority of parents and the majority of Americans who oppose this stuff, maybe they can't articulate exactly why it's it's so wrong to sell chest binders and and what is it un, boxer packing packing underwear and and bye bye binary books to toddlers. They might not be able to articulate exactly why it's wrong in precise philosophical terms, but they just know it's wrong. It's called the wisdom of repugnance, and they're right. The late conservative philosopher, Roger Scruton, he said, the job of the conservative intellectual is to articulate the sorts of things that ordinary people know intuitively. Okay. And ordinary, regular, old, run of the mill people who are going about their lives and their families and their business and don't have time to focus on all the creepy predations of political activists all day long. They just know it's wrong. We should run on. It's just like abortion. Well, it's, di- it's different than abortion. There are separate issues in the substance, but the political effect is the same. The squishes and the establishmentarians believe that we shouldn't touch the trans. Don't touch LGBTQ, transing the toddlers. Don't touch it. It's a culture war issue. Just run on the economy. No stupid. No one cares. We care about the economy. We care about tax rates. We even sort of care about marginal tax rates. But nowhere near as much as we care about these creeps transing our kids. Run on that. Don't run away from pro-life. Run on pro-life. It's a winning message. Don't run away from Th- this insane sexual revolution stuff run on it this is a winning message people care about their culture they care about their standards and we have a right to to a public culture that is sane and that that does not that, that does not encourage this kind of bizarre behavior that is extremely destructive to everyone that it touches it is time for republicans to pounce you know this is what happens every time the libs do something wrong. And then conservatives criticize them for it. What is the headline in the newspaper? The headline is Republicans Pounce. Liberals Hold Ritual Human Sacrifice. And that's not the headline. The headline is Republicans Pounce on Liberal Religious Display. (laughs) They're always pouncing. Those Republicans, they just pounce everywhere. I don't know. something about our knees. I don't know. We're so good at pouncing. Well, guess what? Now is the time To pounds in the political arena on issues that are big winners for all of us. The Ohio House of Representatives, a House committee in Ohio, passed legislation that would prohibit social media companies from censoring users. This bill is HB 441. This would block companies like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube from censoring content based on ideas or personal viewpoints. This bill would not apply to speech that is illegal under federal law. So there is some speech that is just illegal, according to federal law. Direct threats, uh, obscenity, though that's probably actually not going to be enforced very much, Uh, fraud. So so, certain speech is is illegal already. Uh, But other than that, what this Ohio House committee says is, other than that, social media can't censor people. This is good. This is a good first step. It's, and it's a sign that Republicans are beginning to think much more seriously about the issue of free speech. Because by the way, the issue isn't even that all censorship is bad. Wrote, I wrote a whole book about this, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available in paperback next month. The issue is not that all censorship is bad. The issue is that this kind of censorship is really, really bad. And it's especially bad the way that they're doing it. Every society has standards and taboos and says certain things are off limits. That's always been true throughout the entire history of the United States and every other state too. But if we are going to censor certain things, if we're going to say that certain things are off limits, it's actually much better to do it through the government than through private corporate, quote unquote, private corporations. I know that sounds unconventional. I know that sounds counterintuitive, given what we have all thought of on the right for the past 10 or 15 years or so. But it's, it's much better to do that if there is inevitably going to be some kind of censorship of some, at least some narrow topics, then you've got to do it through the government because at least there's some accountability. There's the political community. We can at least go vote on that. I can't go vote at Facebook. I can't go vote at Twitter. Maybe Elon Musk will let me when he takes over. But I can't go vote at, at Google, Okay. If there were a thriving free marketplace of ideas where there were 200 social media companies and they were all competing with one another, then you would not have as much of a need for government action. Because then there would be some competition and I could go over and I could go on the conservative social media platform and that'll just be fine. But that's not how it actually works. These are monopolies. They might even be natural monopolies, but they certainly are monopolies. They have gathered critical mass through exploiting legal loopholes and, and through fraud in some cases you're not going to build your own Google. You're not going to build your own Twitter. The best you can do is buy your own Twitter, by the way, and even that's going to be very difficult to do. So all, all the, the situation you've got right now is that the libs are using the handful of big tech companies as a proxy for them to censor us. It's just, it's just the libs who would prefer to censor us through the government, but they realize it's actually easier to just use the big tech companies to do it. And so what we need to do is assert our political rights, the few that we still have left, and go in there and say, no, you're, we're not going to do it. We're actually going to fight the libs in government through the proxy of the social media companies and say, no, you're not going to censor conservatives. We've got, we've got to pounce. We've got to use this power now while we've got it. Ron DeSantis gets it. Ron DeSantis just issued a mandate. I know conservatives used to hate mandates. They were reflexively would would recoil from them. But sometimes it's good to use mandates. And Ron DeSantis just issued a mandate that uh, public high schools in Florida have to observe victims of communism day. I love this so much. Uh, Ron DeSantis did this after the Miami Young Republicans suggested this bill. I actually was talking to the president of the Miami Young Republicans, Armando Ibarra, uh, when I was down there doing an event some months ago, and he mentioned this uh, this idea. And it's just really impressive that this Miami Young Republicans group has gone and actually gotten this this pushed through the legislature and up to the governor's desk. This is a great law. In school, you are always going to have some kind of moral and ethical, and yes, even religious instruction. That's always going to happen. America always knew this, and so the instruction was Christian, with some carve-outs if people were not Christian. Then in the 1950s, 60s, middle of the 20th century, a a bunch of political radicals went in and said, no, no Christianity whatsoever. We got to kick it out of the schools. No Bible, no prayer, no nothing. But there wasn't no nothing. All they did was replace public Christianity with public liberalism. We still have feast days and liturgical calendars and all that kind of stuff in the public schools that are celebrated. It's just all for liberalism, not for Christianity. It, there are Pride Month festivities all in, in virtually every public school in America now. There are special holidays. There's Earth Day. Earth Day is very frequently celebrated in public schools now. There are secular saints that are celebrated and all sorts of sexual moral maxims. Well, okay, if we if we if we're always going to have something that's sacred, something that's celebrated, something that's commemorated, we should commemorate the victims of communism. You know know a lot of of public schools are commemorating the victims of January 6th, of which there were none. There were none. No one one was murdered on January 6th, despite headlines to the contrary. But there are all sorts of days. A day of quiet, a day of not showing up to class, a moment of silence after Donald Trump won the election. Okay, let's have a moment of silence for victims of leftism, for victims of communism, for victims of Marxism. That's a great idea. That is a great use of public power. We were just talking about the target story, how for Pride Month, they've got, they're selling all of these things. Pride Month is a liturgical event. It's a religious event. By the way, I thought Pride Month was June. What day? It's May 10th. Why are we already in Pride Month? That means that now the LGBT activists get June and May and October, by the way. They get October. October is LGBT History Month. That's a quarter of the year that they've got so far three out of 12 months. That is religious, okay? And that's extreme and that's radical and that's very unpopular. Why is Ron DeSantis doing this in Florida? Because there's a ton of Cubans in Florida. One, he's doing it because it's the right thing to do, I hope. But two, there's a ton of Cubans who hate communism. It's good politics too. Sometimes the right thing and the politically popular thing, sometimes those coincide. Conservatives are in one of those moments right now. On life, on culture, on the rule of law, and we should run with it as far as we can. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, Today on the Matt Wall Show, Target gets a head start on Pride Month by announcing that they'll now be selling chest binders for girls. What are chest binders and how far have we slid down the slippery slope that now they're on sale at a major big big box retailer? We'll discuss that. Also, the pro-abortion pitchfork mob makes its way to Justice Alito's house in Virginia in spite of the fact that protesting outside of his home violates both federal law and Virginia state law. Plus, a protester gives the most honest and also darkest and most depressing argument for abortion that we've heard yet. And speaking of depressing, they're now doing interpretive dances in the European Parliament. In our daily cancellation, a lawyer goes viral and is celebrated for not brushing her teeth in the morning. What's that all about? We'll talk about it today and so much more on the Matt Walsh show.